Hello, hello, friends! Welcome to another episode of Combos with Kate. You're in for a real treat this episode as I talk with Natasha. Um, this is a little bit different of a conversation than I've had in the past just because this is the very first one recorded via Zoom. So, as you can tell, it took me a little longer than usual to edit and post this, but it's okay. We figured it out. We're good to go now. But yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. Some of the things that we talk about are forgiveness, differences with family, letting go of burdens, turning them over to God, um, rebuilding relationships, putting your faith into action, how praying for others can actually transform you, trusting God through 2020, and so much more. So I hope you guys enjoy getting to know Natasha as much as I did. Let's jump in. Okay. Can you hear me this time? I can hear you this time. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so funny. I just couldn't get it on here. Yeah. Well, it sounds really good. So whatever you did worked. So that's good. Yay. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I'm kind of like over this, like the fact that COVID is in our area because I feel like everyone is like locking down as if it's back in March right now and it's driving me nuts. Yeah, it's so weird. It's like we like time traveled back to it's eight months ago or whatever it is now. Oh my gosh, it's insane. I know. How's everything at work going for you then too? I mean, it's an adjustment, you know, like working at a church and navigating COVID and all that, but it's really good. I mean, we are all being very creative and strategizing on ways how to help people stay connected and encourage them in their faith. So that's always really fun for me. Yeah, definitely. And like, you're kind of the online presence for RCC too, right? Yeah. So I like to say I'm the social media coordinator. Um, I plan out kind of what goes online along with the staff. Like we have conversations on Monday morning and what videos are going to be released. And I create all the graphics that you see, um, like 99% of them, I create them. So um, that's really fun, really, really fun part of my job. Last week, I got to create um, the graphics that went in Erica's sermon. So that was really fun. Um, that, yeah, it just, I just so enjoy doing stuff like that, which I don't know. I'm lucky. I feel like it comes really natural to me sometimes. So. Yeah, that's cool. I feel like you're definitely creative. And I think it's also a good fit for you too, because you're like, at least you seem to be very much a people person. So that's cool that you get to interact with people too. Oh my gosh, I love it. I think that like interacting with people online is so cool that we're able to be able to have that right now. Like imagine if we lived in a world where the internet did not exist. And 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 then there was like a pandemic, right? So how would we communicate with each other? We'd be writing letters, although I love letters. So if anybody wants to send me a letter, send me a letter, <laughs> please. I do. I love handwritten notes and stuff. Uh, but that would just, you know, like there'd be no contact, no face-to-face. And my mom lives in Florida. So I get to like FaceTime with her every day. So I I love technology. It yeah. has <laughs> That's awesome. Well, and it's cool that you're, some of your family's like back in Florida. Maybe you should kind of explain a little bit like where you're from and things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So it's funny. I, you were like, do an intro. And I was like, this is like writing a, or thinking about a dating bio. For me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. Um, so yeah. Okay. So uh, my name is Natasha. And I moved to Wisconsin four years ago from Florida, 
no, I'm not crazy. That is the first thing people tell me here is you're crazy. Why did you move here? Um, I actually, (laughs) I love living here. Um, and I've just fallen in love with this small town. I'm the oldest of five kids and, um, I love, I can binge the heck out of a Netflix show or documentary series. Uh, I love reading, coffee, uh, people. You and I are both sevens. I love people. Um, I'm also like an album nerd. If a, <laughs> a new album is released, I literally listen to the entire album a couple times before um, like picking a favorite song or something. So, and I guess like a funny quirky thing about me is I never go out of my way to order bacon at a restaurant. I just, I'm not a bacon person. So (laughs) I was like, what do I say? Um, yeah, that's a a little bit about me. I work at RCC, a a local church here in Ripon. Um, I do a lot of the graphics and social media website presence. Um, so yeah, that's me. Oh, I'm a twin. Oh, I don't (laughs) find your detail to mention. Yeah, I usually, okay. So I usually don't lead with that ever because I kind of it's really funny to let people figure that out on their own so you'll you'll get like oh I talked to you yesterday and I'm like no you didn't you didn't talk to me or I saw you walking down the street um I I think you saw my sister like sometimes I will play along with it and other times I just tell people like I'm so sorry like I'm a twin you were talking to the wrong one or something and people just feel so bad but don't ever feel bad it happens to everybody so that's hilarious and actually I think it's funny that you mentioned that too because as soon as I met your sister I feel like you guys are easy to tell apart like I'm surprised people get you confused so much I think so too. I don't know why. I think when we were babies, we looked really similar when we were younger. Um, now that we're adults, I think our features are very different and uh, she's a mom and always has a little kid on her side and has a sleeve and, you know, tattoos and, um, my hair's longer. I don't know. I think, I think our features just look, our facial features look way different. I don't think we look like siblings. I don't think we look like twins, but I can see the confusion if I'm walking down the street and you kind of glance like, oh, there's Natasha or there's Stephanie. So it happens. It happens so much and people feel so bad about it, but don't feel bad about it. Don't. That's hilarious. I feel like part of that too is that you guys are in such a small town where everyone knows you and like knows each other. So that's probably a factor too. Oh my gosh. I think Stephanie would say that it's one of the things that we love living in a small town, but I think, I think that being a twin, you have to I don't know, navigate how to not be in each other's shadows or people often compare you or, or think that you are the same individual person where, oh my gosh, Stephanie and I are just so different. So different. So sure. Yeah. (laughs) Interesting too, to hear you describe like the differences between you two, because I'd actually don't know her very well. I know you better, but I don't know you like super, super well either, but I can definitely see like stark differences, even just from talking to you guys on Facebook or seeing what you post and things like that too. We are night and day in comparison of each other. And growing up, that was, I think one of the things that really tore us apart as siblings. Like we just didn't have the best relationship growing up. And I think it's because we were so different. And now that we're adults, I think we're able to like navigate those differences better and, and, and understand and be accepting that like, she doesn't have to think the same way that I think, or I don't have to think the same way that she thinks. Definitely. And I feel like that is something that is way easier said than done. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. But that's really good that you guys are living in the same town and you guys are like trying to make it work. Cause I'm sure some siblings are like, I never want to see that person again. Like we're so different. Why bother? Oh yeah. We definitely, we had a period where we didn't talk for like five years and then we reconnected and she moved up here and then, um, and then Athena came along, who's my niece. And it really just, you know, the family that you get is the one that you, you know, the one that you get. So I think that, um, we just, you know, we value our relationship a lot more now. So it's funny. She actually came over, uh, yesterday and she was like crying on my couch and like, don't ever leave me. Like, I was like, I don't know. She's not, she's not one that shows emotion very often. So I was just like taken back by like her emotion on my couch and she's sitting down crying. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like you do love me. And she's like, (laughs) we kind of chuckled about it, but she was like literally sobbing on my couch and she's like, I hate you, but like, I actually really do love you. (laughs) So I'm grateful for our relationship right now and, and how we're able to communicate and, and support each other through weird life circumstances. So yeah. Amen. Do you feel like a lot of that is from the pandemic, like in 2020 or has it been just kind of over time? Oh my gosh. I think it's been over time. I've been really intentional the last couple of years about being able to forgive and um, being able to just not hold a grudge and be prayerful about my relationship with my family because it wasn't always, sorry, it wasn't, it wasn't always um, like healthy. So I've been really, really intentional the last couple of years of just focusing on rebuilding those relationships and learning and growing and try to understand and have a perspective of, you know, like what they believe, what they think, how they act in their life. They don't have to do that the same way that I, that I think Mm -hmm. and understanding that and just being able to forgive things in my life, whether or not I got it, I'm sorry, but kind of just releasing that to God and realizing that I do want a relationship with my family. I do want my mom to be involved in my life. I do want my sister to be involved in my life. And sometimes that means of like, you know, letting go of control of things that have happened before and you just got to move forward. That took years though. So it wasn't like I did it in a day. So please don't think that like, oh, that was so easy for her. It was not easy. It was not an easy situation. Yeah. Amen to that. Well, and like, what, what would you say was the start of that transformation for you? Was there like a specific event that caused you to change those things? Um, I think I went through a long period of time where I was really lonely and angry. My family, we just had like a, a very ugly kind of just situation that happened. And I decided to leave home And I felt like just very isolated. So for like a period of like five years, I really didn't interact with my family at all. I really had no contact with them. And then um, I started going to church and just being able to process and, and work through circumstances where I felt not good enough or isolated or not worthy or just blaming them for the feelings that I was having. And that's totally valid, right? Like we go through circumstances and those things change the way that you feel. 
But then understanding that God takes those things when you have a relationship from him. He takes your difficult circumstances and he does transform them into something beautiful if you allow it to and transforms you and your heart and your mind and the way that you think about circumstances. And you're able to grow and learn from that and let go of the grudges and the anger and the burdens that you've been carrying because of other people's decisions and understand that none of that defines you. Mm. So I think it was, I mean, this has been years now of just growth and reading the Bible and, and, and books that helped me place boundaries in my life and understand what was healthy for me and what was not healthy for me during that season. Wow. Yeah. What you're saying is, I feel like you're describing it so easily, but that's actually oh my like gosh. very deep insight and wisdom for such a young person. Like I feel <laughs> that some people spend their whole lives trying to figure out how to forgive their family or not hold grudges and not feel isolated from them. Like that's really cool. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm 26 now. Um, when everything kind of happened, I was 18 and it wasn't until last year that I decided to really, I guess, kind of put my faith in, in what I'd been learning to like trial. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm going to spend a week with my mom and her husband in the keys for vacation. And that is the first time that I had done that since I was 18. Like that was the first time I'd gone to her home. That was the first time we'd spent time together as a family um, it was really hard. It was really hard. There were some moments where I had triggers of like, oh my gosh, like I need a minute. And I, I took a day. I was like, everyone was going fishing and doing something going downtown. And I was like, I just need to spend the day like by myself because it's really hard to confront those things and to work on them in person and, and put what you're learning to action. It's so, so difficult. But I think at the end, was so beneficial to our relationship. And I got one-on-one time with my mom that I hadn't had in years. And we've started to just rebuild a relationship where I feel like she's my mom and, and a close friend. And I hadn't had that in almost a decade. Wow. That's crazy. And you know, it's interesting too, to hear you describe that period of time in your life, because I actually had a similar experience where I feel like God was asking me to go back home and to live with my parents for like this few month period. And, and I really knew mm-hmm. that I would be triggered and I would be upset and like their problems would become my problems. And it's just hard to be around like fighting and stuff like that. So I feel like it's really interesting, but I also like you, I came out the other side being like, mm-hmm. wow, that was really hard, but it was also really necessary to kind of confront my own like triggers. Yeah. I think so much personal growth and, and spiritual growth happens when we do confront the things that we do struggle with. So I think that that's a beautiful thing. And our life is always going to be filled with some sort of trial or circumstance or right now. I mean, we're living in uncertainty, right? Like we don't know what's going to happen next week or what's going to happen with the pandemic. And yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like too, it's another thing that I just thought of is that like answered prayers sometimes (laughs) come in forms like that, where if I think back like the summer before I moved back home with them, I was praying to God, like, I need some patience, like help me with patience. Mm -hmm. I need this quality. I'm so bad at it. And then like, it's hilarious that he like moved me back home. And I was in like 
all this chaos in my brain, but like that actually did develop some patience, but it wasn't the way I wanted it to be developed. Yeah. It's funny. God has such a sense of humor, right? When we ask or pray about things and I don't, I don't know the quote or something, but I just remember somebody telling me or reading it somewhere that, you know, when we pray, it isn't necessarily for the other person either. Like God transforms us through our prayers. He sees what we want in our, in our life and what we're asking for. And he uses that not only to just transform and, and make steps in hopefully changing whoever you're praying for, but in your life and change your perspective and I think that's the beautiful thing about prayer. I mean, I've prayed for my family over and over again. There's this one friend actually that I have that I I think like I prayed for. The most important thing for me is that the people that I care about and know like find salvation and know Jesus and and transform and have their lives transformed because of Jesus. Because when that happens to you, it's so tangible that you just want it for everybody, right? And there's nothing more that I want than to see the people I love and care about in heaven. So I've had a couple friends that I've just prayed for over the last, you know, 10 years or so here and there. And literally a couple of them reached out to me, two of them reached out to me like a year ago and started asking questions about God. And I was just like, had a moment of like, oh my gosh, this is an answered prayer. And they don't always happen right away. And that's okay. But when they do, you just kind of want to cry. Like, oh my gosh, I've been praying for this for the longest time. But then you see what you're praying about and, and how much you've changed by the time you started praying about something to when that prayer is, is kind of delivered in a way. So much transformation happens with you and your heart while you're waiting for transformation to happen with somebody else or a, another situation. That is a really interesting point that I feel like I've never thought of before because I feel like a lot of times when I'm experiencing an answered prayer like that, it's something that I've prayed about like personally or I've asked God to help me with or like to develop to develop in me or like a character trait or something but I think that's so right what you said of like even just the thought of praying for others shows that your heart is geared towards God's people and bringing them to the Lord and like that is the most important mission that you can have on earth anyway so yeah that you're talking about not only could it affect them but it does affect you in the process like that is so cool yeah I think it's a beautiful thing I mean who knows what prayers we're gonna get answered right and I think also just having that relationship with God and and putting whatever you're you're praying for that trust in him and just believing that it will happen or he'll transform your life in a certain way I was, I was talking to a friend about, he's had questions about God and doubt and running to God when we're in difficult circumstances. And is that an honest relationship or is that even genuine? And I like to look at God as like really a father figure, right? Like I didn't have a dad growing up. So God, and I think a lot of my staff members also fill the father figure, big brother role in my life too, which I just absolutely love. But you think about a dad or being a parent, and if your child was going through any difficult circumstance, you would want them to bring you what they're struggling with or what questions that they have. And I think that that's a gift to God when we do that, when we have those prayers or or we bring those certain things to him, he wants nothing more than to care for us in that way. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think that that's acknowledging his presence in our life and, and trusting him with our circumstances. Yeah. That's such a good point too, because I think a lot of the time, 
when we're adults, we don't think of ourselves as like children to a father who is God. Like we Mm -hmm. think of ourselves as fully grown adults who have all the answers and know what we're doing. And yet, although we do know some stuff and we definitely know more than a child does, we are still children to God because his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Oh man, if I had a blueprint to my life, sometimes I want that so bad. Trusting doesn't come easy for any of us, I don't think. And Mm -hmm. there have been so many times where I'm like, I just need the details. I just need to know. Just tell me what's going to happen and then I'll be fine. And then everyone's like, Tasha, like, relax. Like, it's fine. I'm like, no, I need to know what's going to happen. And we don't get that, right? I think it's like building your dream home. Well, you just remodeled your bathroom and stuff. And, you know, you have all the blueprints and you plan things out. And God is just asking us to just lay a brick down, just one at a time, lay it down. And then we get to see the full picture one day in heaven. And that's exciting. Yeah, that's so true. And I feel like sometimes we do get lost in those little details, but it's really good to remember that you're right. Like we don't have to have all of the answers, but I don't know, maybe it's an Enneagram seven thing, but I have the exact same desire to like, no, I need to know everything. I need to find an answer. I need to know the solution. Like drives me nuts. Yeah, me too. Me too. For sure. Especially now, right? Because we just, we don't know what's going to happen or how things are changing constantly. And I think in a way that we have to be, you know, kind of like a chameleon and be able to adjust to circumstances. And it's like, when is it going to stop? Like, when are things going to be kind of regulate a little bit? Like, I could just use some of that in my life right now, but it's just not the season. I think it's cool that we're all experiencing the same season together. Like we are living through this and we don't have to say that we're going through it alone because everybody's experiencing the same thing in some capacity. For sure. And I think in a lot of ways, that's really good because it does help us understand each other more. And like, it's so easy to get surrounded by people who think like you and act like you and talk like you and believe what you believe. But like the true test of faith, I think happens when you're around people who don't agree with you or, you know, you are tested in a way where you have to think like, okay, how am I going to respond to this? And like, how can we get along even though we disagree? I think 2020, I think you're right. It's the perfect, like even playing field for everyone to learn how to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. What would you say is like the biggest thing that 2020 has taught you so far, if it's not that? Oh my gosh. Um, I think 2020, I mean, we're 10 months into 2020, eight of these months, we've been living in a pandemic. So everything has just been either filled with COVID things or political opinions um, because it is a presidential election year. It's brought so much uncertainty to everyone's life and it really has been difficult. Like I can't sit here and tell you that this year has been so great and I've navigated it smoothly. I had to quarantine for two weeks at one point and that was probably one of the hardest things I've had to do because I thrive off of people and being in my apartment by myself for two weeks was literally one of the worst experiences of my life. And I like had to tell myself, like, you know, I kept, everyone's like, how are you? Like, can I bring you anything or drop anything off of your door? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Until one day, like I had a friend really reach out to me and she's like, how are you really doing? And I was just like crying in my hallway. Like, actually I'm not okay. This is really hard. I miss people. I miss interacting with people. So I, I think that God has reminded me that he's a provider in this season. He's the only thing that's consistent and not changing. He is who he is. And 
he will forever be the same. And we can't say that about our time right now. And I, I think that that's been a reminder for me. And that I need to put my trust in him because you can't really trust anything else, right? That's going on because it's constantly just changing and, and he's sustainable in this season. So that's kind of been 2020 for me. And it's been really hard to just feel isolated and have to trust God in this season because you do feel alone sometimes when you're either physically isolated or emotionally isolated or however, in what way you're feeling isolated, God is sustaining and he's a provider and he's the one that's going to get us through 2020. Yeah. Amen to that. And I feel like I relate a lot to what you said too. I mean, I didn't have to quarantine like, because I was exposed to COVID, but I know in the beginning when they did that original lockdown in March, like Mm -hmm. at first I was really excited because I'm like, okay, great. Like I can read all my books. I can journal. I don't have work to do. Like, this is going to be amazing. And then like slowly but surely as time, like as the days went by, I'm like more and more not okay and super irritated. And I find that like, it is hard to be alone with your thoughts and like Mm -hmm. to reflect on stuff. Cause what else is there to do when you're alone like that? I think I, I really struggle with that. That is so hard for me. I'm constantly trying to fill my schedule with things or be places or have something to do so that I, I don't just sit in silence with the things that I either want to think about or the things that God has convicted me to confront. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do that. So I just fill my time with things instead of just having to be still. And I, I think 2020 has been a lot of being still also. We don't have anything else to do, right? But be still. And and I think it's also, if you allow 2020 and, and kind of like change its perspective and allow it to be a year where you've been able to grow your relationship with God, I think that's beautiful. Like we got something out of 2020. If anything, that's what matters most is how's your soul doing and how's your relationship with God. And if you know we can't go out and do anything, now's the time to just sit down and like really learn about God and how he feels about you and thinks about you and where your relationship is with him. Yeah. Amen to that. And I also love how you said too, that like within the last year or two, you had friends reach out to you about God because, you know, they probably saw how you were living and they saw like what you talked about and your relationship with God, even though they didn't need, they didn't know that it maybe wasn't important to them at the time. Eventually they'll see what you're doing and how you're handling this and come to you to learn about that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, that's also really scary. I think when when someone comes to you and and asks you like, what's this God thing? Or what do you mean you have a relationship with him? Or how do you study the Bible? It's like the last thing you want to do is like mess it up for someone. But then we have to remind ourselves that like that's God's job is to convict. And the Holy Spirit's job is to convict a, a person. And you are just kind of a vessel allowing them to explore their questions. And if you point them in the right direction, the Bible and a relationship with God, I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, for sure. I feel like it's also intimidating too. Like I definitely agree with that, but I do think one thing to know, or like one thing that I keep in mind when I feel like I'm in that position is that like, I don't have to have all the answers. Like I know the Mm -hmm. one who does. And I think that's important for like non-Christians to see, because a lot of times I think we can come off as like know-it-all kind of people or like we're right. And we have all the answers. And like, maybe that's true because we read the Bible, but at the same time, like we don't have to be smarty pants. We just have to point them to God who does know what their answers are and who can answer all of their 
deep heart questions that maybe they don't even feel comfortable saying yet. Absolutely. I think, I think that's one of the scariest things in whatever ministry you're in is letting go of the fact that you don't know it all. It is okay to not know it all. And whatever you are facing, God will equip you for your situation or your circumstance or your project or your ministry or your sermon or whatever. We don't have all of the answers and we're never going to have all the answers. God is so grand that way. And I think if we look at it in a positive way, we're able to embrace that and let go of control in that way. And letting go of control is hard. Like it is so hard. I want to know all the answers. I literally was just talking to my coworker about this. I'm like, I just don't want to mess it up. Like somebody is asking me about a relationship with Jesus and I don't want to say the wrong thing or I don't know everything. And you know what? It's okay to say, I don't know. I think I respect somebody so much more if they tell me they don't know about something when I'm asking them a question and we learn it together, figure it out together, then, you know, you don't want to lie to somebody or have that impression of you do know it all when we don't know it all. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I actually heard on a podcast once too, where they were talking about this specific area. And one of the things that he said was that like, although we don't know it all, that's okay because I think the way he phrased it was, I've never seen a person come to faith based on like facts or based on Mm. data, based on, you know, whatever it is. It's always an interaction that they personally have where Jesus meets them. And like, I think we can just be the introduction of that to them. We don't have to like be this fact checker. We can just be like, you know what, here he is and you can take it or leave it. Like, (laughs) I love that. That's so good. Yeah. That's so true. We do get to, I mean, I think it's really awesome that we are called to make disciples in that way. And we get to share Jesus with people and see our family or people that we're close to, or even people we go to church with their lives being changed because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. And it is a lot of pressure, like you said, but yeah, it's totally what Jesus calls us to do is to like go out and be the light and just show who he is to those people. So it sounds like you do that really well. And people are seeing that and asking about it, which is really cool. Oh man. I don't know. I do my best. And (laughs) I think that's the one thing that we can all do, right. Is to live our best life, to, to be examples of Jesus and his teaching and his love and understanding for other people and just not be angry little billboards of Jesus walking around, right? Like just Mm -hmm. be loving and understanding. And I just, I pray that almost every morning is that like people would see Jesus in me. And a lot of that is like laying down, right? Like what I want to do or, or my actions or the things that come easy to me and thinking about what would Jesus do and, and how would he react in this situation? And I'm not perfect at it. I mess up every day. So please don't think that like I'm preaching perfection here because we are not perfect. So yeah. we just, we, we just, we get to be examples of Jesus, you know, and, and why not live our life the best that we can trying to do that? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why it's so important too to like listen to the cues of the Holy Spirit because if we're trying to do it on our own or if we're only trying to get a view of who Jesus is through the Bible, like there's, a, I, in my opinion, there's a missing piece there. Like you need to be prompted, like you need to obey what he's asking you to do and then you grow in your own knowledge of him and then you can actually more accurately reflect him to other people through those actions. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the the thing about the Bible is it's not just a book with stories or or things to just pull from or, or facts or, oh, this is what it said. It's 
a literal meeting place for you and God. It's a place where you read with in, intention, right? Not just to read the words off the page, but where God can meet you there and you feel the Holy Spirit move and it prompts you or convicts you to change or, or live a certain way or reminds you of something beautiful of God's promises or how worthy you are. Like that's in the Bible that happens with reading scripture, knowing God and having a relationship with him. It doesn't just happen because we know what's on the paper. Yeah, for sure. And it's funny too, that you say that because I think for like people who don't believe in God, they think that that's what it is. And it's like, Mm -hmm. this is the most important link. Like Mm -hmm. I have to explain that to you because you just have to like feel that and like know who he is in your soul, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's something that happens inside of you when you have a relationship with Jesus, right? That just like, it's like a fire that lights up inside of you and you do feel it and you do feel his presence and he's so here. Like he is so present. And yeah, I just, I want everyone to feel that. I know I do too. I think that's one of the biggest, I guess, burdens that I feel in 2020 is like, okay, now salvation is getting to be on the line here. Like people are going to get sick. People are going to die from this virus. And I mean, they could die from anything, but like, if it's something that we can avoid, then that's even more scary. But like, I feel that it gave me this urgency to just share Jesus with people and be like, I want you in heaven. I mean, I so relate to what you said at the beginning of this episode when you were talking about like there's nothing you want more than for your family to know God and for them to be in heaven with you like I Mm -hmm. so feel that especially in 2020 yeah I think now more than ever it's evident that this life can so easily be taken away from us right like Mm -hmm. God only knows when we're leaving or going to die but what we live here is so minuscule to to what we get to experience in heaven and how God prepares us for heaven or, um, you know, like the things that we do here prepare us for our roles and, and what he's going to give us in heaven. And although life feels like it's, you know, 80 years long or whatever it is, it's nothing compared to eternity, nothing compared to the joys that we're going to experience when we get to see God and be in Jesus's presence and, and live in heaven. So, I think oftentimes our worries in this world really, I mean, do they matter that much, right? Like, should we be so stressed out? Should we be so anxious when we know that if we believe in Jesus, if we believe that God sent Jesus down for us to save us, we get to experience the most beautiful thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Amen to that. Yeah. And that actually reminds me too of that sermon where Erica had that big long rope and she like, mm-hmm. on stage. there was like this tiny little part that was red. And then she had like, I don't know, a 10 foot rope or something and said, red is life on earth and the rest is eternity. Like you can't even like have a rope as long to depict it. And I seeing that visual really put things in perspective for me. Cause I'm like, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. That was really cool. That stuck with me too. I walk around the office. I think Sam was talking about like what we we're going to do in heaven or something. And I was like, I'm going to be the party planner in heaven. Jesus is going to give me all the parties and I get to plan them and everyone's just going to have the best time. Like that is like my heaven for me, I think would be just literally a ball. (laughs) Oh, for sure. I feel like I can't wait for heaven too. I mean, sometimes like, I guess I'm kind of prone to like, I mean, I'm a positive person, but when I get down, like I get really down and like, Mm -hmm. I'm prone to those like dark thoughts of like, why am I here? Like God, like, do I really have to keep doing this? I'd rather be in heaven with you where it's amazing. 
And yeah. so like, that's the one thing that keeps me going is remembering that like, this is just so small compared to eternity and it's going to be amazing. Like it's going to be a party there. And I love that perspective. Yeah. I can't wait. We're all going to see that one day and I get to see you there. So we'll party it up together in heaven. <laughs> Let's do it. We'll invite all the sevens to party plan and then it will be yes. like the best party. <laughs> sevens would have the best party. I know. For sure. For sure. <laughs> Well, I guess, so we got kind of long into this episode before explaining, but should we kind of share like how we know each other and maybe run together? Yeah. Well, I met Kate. We were doing um, youth ministry together. It was the bonfire, I think like two years ago. And we actually led a small group of, I think they were in seventh grade at that time. And I like remember just like leading small group with you. And we led for a short period of time together, but I think you had a talking pineapple. Was it a pineapple? <laughs> it was a pineapple. Okay. So our girls, I mean, they're seventh grade girls. They just, you know, they talk, 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 and talk. We've all been there. And Kate literally, like, the following week, instead of a talking stick, she brought a talking pineapple. And I just thought it was genius. I was like, why did I never think about a talking pineapple before? So that's how we met. And, I mean, we've seen each other at church and stuff, but we've never really had the opportunity to just like sit and chat with each other. So yeah. Well, first of all, that's hilarious that you remember that. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Like, <laughs> like as Natasha mentioned, my time in student life was pretty short. So we didn't keep <laughs> that group together for very long because I did have like a very bad problem with how much they talk. <laughs> like, so I was like, if anyone wants to talk, they're holding this pineapple or their mouths are zipped. Like I told you, but, um, but I do, I feel like we had so much in common and it is interesting though, that we haven't really sat down and had like coffee or done anything together, but I feel like I know you. I mean, I said earlier that I don't know you like deep, like on a deep personal level, but Mm -hmm. on the same note, I kind of feel like I do because you're also an open book and I feel like who you are at church on Sunday and who you are whenever I see you out and about, like, I feel that that's very genuine. So I think anyone Thank you. you will feel that. Thank you. That means a lot, right? Like God calls us to not be just somebody or believe something on Sunday. Like he calls us to live out our life in a certain way and be that person all week long. So thank you. That means a lot because that I'm glad that you could see that. And I hope other people see that in me and thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And I definitely think other people will see that too. Even just from hearing you talk, like some of the stuff that you were mentioning earlier with your family and the things that you've gone through. I mean, that's just so cool that you feel so open to share that and like let people in and see who you really are. I think a a big part of life is being able to be vulnerable and have conversations with people where you, if you take off your mask or the things that are vulnerable to you and and you share them to people and you're not hiding who you are, that allows other people to do the same for you. And that just brings an openness and and a freedom of just being able to be who you are. Also, we don't have to hide behind our life circumstances. It's like whatever's happened to us in our, in our past, whatever situation that we've, we've been in. I like to look at mine, like a gift, like God had gifted me with that circumstance. It didn't feel like a gift when I was going through it. It felt like the hardest thing in the world. Sometimes things still feel like the hardest thing in the world, but if I can take that, if I can grow from it and if I can be open with people and vulnerable with people and come across people that have been in the same situation, you are an encourager to that person. You know, like you, you can help each other grow from that. And I would never want to steal that from anybody. So I I try to be an open book as much as I can. 
Yeah. Well, I feel like it's definitely, I mean, I would say it's probably your most obvious like character trait or one that like radiates very brightly. And I feel like that's so cool, especially in our culture, like in the USA, I mean, I don't think people celebrate that. I think people want to follow the herd and they want to all blend in and look the same Mm -hmm. and feel like they belong. But actually what makes us belong is stepping into who God made us to be as individuals. And that's what's beautiful is that we are all so different. So when we can come together, we belong better there because we can help. Like our strengths are different than other people's strengths and they can blend and, you know, their weaknesses can help our weaknesses and, like, it's just this one big picture, but I think culture doesn't celebrate it that way. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree with you. I mean, I think culture hides behind perfection and your highlight reel, right? Because everything's on social media and that's not the reality of life. The reality of life is that everyone's dealing with something. Everyone's going through cer- certain circumstance and no one's perfect. Yeah, really well said. Very succinct and also very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. We're getting towards the end here. We have about five minutes left. So I'm wondering if there's anything that you want to leave the audience with or any advice or anything else that you want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, I hit, I hit on it earlier a little bit and stress the importance of read your Bible. Like if that's the one thing that you decide to do for yourself that you want to improve on, like to transform your life, like open it because Mm -hmm. God will meet you there. You will read things and learn things and like, not just like learn things like in the physical world, but like you will learn so much about yourself if you pursue a relationship with Jesus, the way that he pursues you and you, you learn and you grow from that. And not only will your life be transformed, but the people in your life, their lives will be transformed too. Yeah. Amen. And I mean, it's so obvious that you do that. Like, I feel like it's very obvious to see people who are doing that because it shows up in their fruit. It shows up in how they live their lives, the words they speak, the encouragement they give to others. And, and it also helps you hear God's voice and just understand how he's speaking to you too, on a very practical level. Cause you know, people say to me, like, I don't know how to hear God or like, I don't know what he's telling me to do here or ask. Mm-hmm. Him. And I'm like, well, do you read your Bible? Because that's how I know. Like, yeah. You find that yeah. That's I, absolutely. I think I have a friend too. Um, she goes down the rabbit hole of like YouTube conspiracy theories and about, you know, like what the Bible says or what's in it and Christianity. And I'm like, listen, you can research all you want. And that is great. It is great to know things. That's awesome. But like, make sure you're reading the Bible too. Like that is the most important thing that you can do is to read your Bible and have God transform you through that and learn that way. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, one of the, that reminds me of a quote that I heard once that said, God entrusts his perfect reputation to imperfect people. And I feel like imperfect people are the ones making these YouTube videos or imperfect people are the ones describing what the Bible says. Whereas you could just go straight to the source and see what it says for yourself. Oh yeah, for sure. Everyone needs one by their nightstand. Go get one. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you can even get them for free from places too. Like even RCC hands them out. Yeah, we will give you one or download the Bible app. I love that. The Bible app's amazing. But yeah. Read your Bible. For sure. Well, that's a very awesome piece of advice and a great note to end on. Is there anything else that you wanted to cover before we leave? No, this was so fun. Thank you for having me. I so enjoyed it. It's fun kind of just getting to know you and a little bit about your background too. And um, I love that you're doing this. I love listening to your podcast and 
just good job. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. I definitely appreciate it. And it wouldn't be possible without volunteers like yourself. (laughs) Hey, oh. Anytime. Yeah. I'll come by anytime. <laughs> yeah, perfect. I know you, we should have you back on when we're able to like sit down in person and then you can have some of my cookies and we can have some coffee. And be- Yes, I love cookies and coffee. <laughs> do you have like, do your, do your subscribers have a name? I just call them friends. I don't really know. Johnny asked me that too. I'm like, what should I call them? I don't know. That's okay. Friends is cool. Bye friends. It was nice sitting with you. Yeah, I'm sure they would say the same to you too. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys, how amazing was Natasha? I feel like she was so open, so real with you guys on what she's learned so far in life, where she's come from, where she's going, and just navigating 2020 as a whole. I mean, it has not been easy for any of us, so I think we should all give her a round of applause, and yeah, I hope that you know her a little bit better now than you did before, and that you're encouraged to connect with her. I know she loves people, so I'm sure she would appreciate that as well. Anyway, that's all I have for you for this one. Thank you guys for tuning in and be sure to tune into the next episode as we keep the convo rolling on Commas with Kate. (laughs) Bye, friends.